Welcome to the DNA Show. DNA? Dude, are we doing a science show? No, D is for Dennis. Oh, A is for Andy. And N is for and? Oh, man, nerds. Because we're nerds, dude. Yeah. Well, good. Then we can talk about comics and movies and pop culture and sports. Sports. Sports and nerds. Yeah, we're going to make that work. All right. Let's roll. Heidi ho Welcome back to the Dennis and Andy show. I'm Andy with my buddy. And this is Dennis. Welcome back again. So, Andy, it looks like you've been working on something brand new. Or is it old? What you got cooking there, my friend? Oh, Dennis, you sly dog. I am bringing back, after 23 long years, First Man. First Man? First Man was a book I did back with Image Comics in 1997. I did one issue, and at the end of that issue, it says, To Be Continued. Now, Dennis, I'm a man of my word. Yep. (laughs) Now, you may be a procrastinator. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing with doing creator-owned stuff is you don't get paid up front. So when I did it with Image, the only paycheck I got was uh, basically the profits, you know, the money left over after production costs from Image to print it and run an ad and Image takes a flat fee. And what was left over wasn't quite enough for me to keep penciling, inking, and writing a book and then having to pay a letter and a colorist. So I put it aside. Well, I've got the time. I'm in a place now where I was like, you know what? I can finish this with a Kickstarter. So I am taking the first story, which was 27 pages, having it totally recolored. I'm also enhancing some of the artwork, i.e. redrawing some things that I don't like because it has been 23 years. And I'm doing an additional 24 pages of story to finish it off so that first story arc will conclude in a uh, 27 and 24 is, what is that, 61? In a 61-page book, it'll finally conclude. It is on Kickstarter right now. So if you go to Kickstarter and pop in the search bar, Andy Smith, First Man, or just First Man, it'll come up. And uh, I would love everyone's support so I can get this book in your hands. Well, that sounds like a great idea. I would love to see how it finally ends. So would I. Well, actually, I know how it ends. Of course you do. Everybody but, else would like but to But we see need how to wait. That's right. It's got, <laughs> it's got you know, a, a brief rundown. First man's the hero. Monarch is the big bad guy. Penumbra is the female character in the book that she's kind of like the Punisher. And what I mean by that is she likes to do good, but if she got to kill somebody, you got to kill somebody. Now, now the big question is, are you going to have a brand new hostess ad? I am going to have a, It's not hostess, Dennis. That's <laughs> it's trademark not, copyright. Oh, sorry. It's, it's a, hosted. Hosted. It's hosted. So in my first campaign this year, Jungle Lords Ultra, which is still available on Indiegogo, that's a flip book, which is... 54 pages. Uh, I did. I love those ads from the 80s. Yes. With the Marvel and DC heroes advertising, hostess and whatever. So that book has a parody ad with Ultra uh, advertising an energy drink. And in this book, First Man, Monarch and Penumbra are advertising some hosted fruit pies. Well, how about that? Well, good to know. So everybody can check them out and said it's up and running on Kickstarter. So enjoy it. Everybody run to the Kickstarter page. 
You know what we like to start off with. Dun, 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 fantasy football. Fantasy football. Now, I'm actually in a very, very happy mood about this week's fantasy football because my team won by a lot. A little, little bit of an ass kicking was thrown down on my opponent. But that's not what actually makes me the happiest because honestly, we're only four weeks in. And my record isn't like 4 and 0. Oh. My record's 2, 1 and 1 because the first week I had a tie. Yep. But what really blew my mind was Tuesday morning when I checked the league so I could see the, you know, the standings of where everybody's at in our our league of 10 teams. Dude, I went from 6, I'm number 3. You I'm close. You tell your wife I'm coming cuz she's number 2. I'm coming for her. So Chad's still at four, he's undefeated at four and zero at five hundred and seventy two points. Susie's also four and zero at five hundred eleven points. There's the dirty boys. Andy's two dirty one and one. What are my points? Four hundred and forty eight. Nice. So you're you're up there now. My week wasn't nearly as good. One once again, um, I'm in ninth place at oh four and oh at four hundred twenty six. You points. went down. I, I'm I'm ninth out of tenth right now, oh, and it once again boiled down to Monday night football. Did it all, really? Yep. All I needed, I we were we were scheduled to almost be tied going into the last night. Oh, what was it? What team did it boil down? Was it Kansas City for you? Did it boil down to? I had I had Kansas. I had a Kansas and a Packer player. Okay. And then um, and then she had the uh, the defense for Green Bay. Oh. All I needed was the two players to put up moderately average points. Even a point under would have been fine, and I would have won. Nope. 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 Once again, Monday Night Football, they all took a turn. No and way. Yeah, I, I, did, I only lost by five, oh. but I'm lost by one, by five. It doesn't matter. A loss is a loss. Oh, man. I mean, I am, I am so disappointed in my team. I can't tell you my, my disappointment's right up there with like the Cowboys losing to the Browns. I mean, it's oh, right up there. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I can't believe you went there. I can't believe, I have been, oh, I, I, the, if you talk to my daughter and talk to other friends the past few years, because my daughter's an avid football fan too. And she always makes fun of the Browns every year. And I tell her, I go, Courtney, every team goes through a shitty period and the Browns have been there for a long time. But if you remember right, I can vividly remember, and I'm sure you will too, Dennis, when the laughing stock of the league, the NFL, not the the you know NFC and AFC, but the whole league, the laughing stock for a long time were the Patriots. And the Colts. Yep. They sucked. And then what happened? The Colts were awesome for a long time. The Patriots have been awesome forever, except this year, you know, they're rebuilding and stuff. Yep. And now the Browns are finally doing something. They are be doing something. <laughs> before this week, I was like, look at you, two and one Browns. You go Browns. But then I, but I'll be honest. I said, there's no way the Cowboys, I don't give a shit that they're one and two. There's no way the Cowboys are going to lose in Dallas to the Browns. It will not happen. And lo and behold. Oh, look at that bacon flying by. Them pigs be flying. Oh, my God. I was in. Oh, I was not in tears because I'm a grown man. 
I did drop a few F-bombs. But once again, what did they do? They mount they it's like it's like they're the fourth quarter cowboys. It's like, dude, there's three quarters that you need to play with the mentality that you've been playing in the fourth quarter for the previous weeks. Because if you could pull a whole game of playing with that intensity that you do in the fourth quarter, you will win. You will if I was Mike McCarthy, I would in the locker room after every one of those games, I would be ripping people's asses up and down. It is ridiculous, the fumbles, the interceptions. What in the hell is going on? And it's, like I it's said, basic football that they're it, – it's, 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 it's the basic stuff that they're screwing up. I tell you, on practice days, the fumblers, I'd be like, you're holding this ball for the entire time of practice. I don't care what we're doing. I don't care if you're running out to catch a pass. You're going to have another ball in your hand, and you're going to have to try and catch it one-handed. You need to learn how to hold. You need to learn how to hold onto a ball. You, oh my god, it is ridiculous. It is. It's the basics. They're just yep. blowing it so hard. So I can honestly say I'm done with their season. I think the whole NFC East blows. Unfortunately, somebody's going to win the East. I don't see him going past the wild card because yes, I'm calling it. Whoever wins the East is going to be a wild card team. I don't know. We'll be going back to our original predictions. This is going to be an interesting season. Now, now, now you, the Packers, you know, another. Now, remember what I've said. I will be content to lose every single one of my fantasy games this year if the Packers win when I lose. You know what? I'll scrap the entire season. Just let them have the Super Bowl and, and I'll walk away happy. And they're 4-0. They're undefeated and you were, yet. you were Seattle, right? Yeah. Was it? I didn't watch any of it. Was it close? Did it look well, like this, they might well, lose? This one was Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. This one, um, it really wasn't that close. That's why. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, you know, they and it was in Atlanta. Uh, other ones, um, you know, it. The, Aaron Rodgers looks really good, and it was funny because I was going to pick up Aaron. I was thinking about picking him up because in a lot of the mock drafts, he had dropped way down this year, but I did say. Because he broke up with Danica Patrick. Every time he gets, first it was Olivia Mum, now it's Danica Patrick. Once he gets the women out of his life, he like focuses in on, on football and does great. And I was like, oh, you know, I know he's dropping because he didn't have an absolutely stellar season last year. You know, I think I might be able to pick him up in the third round. But I says, maybe I would jump up for the second round. And of course, Chad picked him up right, literally right before me. He screwed me every part of this draft. Every time I had somebody in my radar, it was either because we had we're in a snake, so we go up and down. Oh yeah, it was either him or John. Every single player I was going to pick for the first eight rounds, they sniped it right before me every time. But we're still four and zero. Who's this Looking week? Forward to bye yeah. week. We got a bye oh. week this week. Yep, and then we'll be having our Tampa Bay game. Oh, that's right. You'll be coming over for the Tampa game. And speaking of Tampa, Tom Brady just made another record. Did you see the record he made this weekend? I did not. Five, I think it was five touchdown passes to five different guys. Oh. I think that might have been it. Okay. Because it wouldn't be a record if it was just, you know, five completed passes to five different guys. That's nothing. So, yeah, I think it was five touchdowns. So, is that a Tampa guys. record? No, I think that's a Brady record. A Brady record. Okay. Yeah. A, quor- a quarterback record. Oh, okay. First quarterback to pass five TDs. I believe that's the record. 
to five different guys. All right. And a comeback, too. That's not a record, but it was another comeback for them because they were down. Yeah. They were losing to the Chargers and, you know, fourth quarter comeback, I believe it was. I didn't watch it. Courtney did, but. So hey, he's my uh, he's my main starting quarterback on my fantasy league, so I'll take it. Yep. Well, and then Cam Newton's my second, so I had to pop him out and place in. Got it. I should know this, but let me just look real quick to see who my my other quarterback is. Yeah, oh, because you kept trying I picked to up, trade me. Cam. I picked up Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. Yeah, I picked yep. up Teddy. Oh God, Dallas plays four twenty five game of the week against the Giants. Jesus. So we're one and three playing zero oh and four. Maybe yeah. we can win that one. Well, it's in New York. Though. Don't hold your breath. Yeah, I'm not. Well, home games don't mean anything this year. There's no fans except for. Did true. you see Denver? The Denver game. They had cardboard cutouts instead of fans. Yeah, they were all South Park. Guys. Oh yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That was awesome. That's awesome. All right. All right, let's move on to what did the boys buy at the comic shop? I can't remember. What did we name this segment last week? This is only our second week doing it, so I don't think we have our trademark name yet. No, we, we is didn't. It, is it what the boys got, what the boys picked up, comics yep. of the week? I it don't is. Know. Yeah, we'll call it that for this week. All right, I'll go first this week since you went first last week. Yep. Uh, I believe this is our – we looked at what we each got before, like little nerds. So uh, this is our only overlap book, I believe. Snake Eyes, Dead Game by Rob Liefeld, Chad Bowers, and uh, inker Adelso Corona, and the colorist is Federico Blee. So Snake Eyes, Dead Game, number two. And we wound up with the exact same cover, yes. which is kind of funny. Out of, yeah, because on the first issue, we, we got different covers. So yeah, so Snake Eyes, you know, I like, I like G.I. Joe stuff. I like Rob Liefeld's work. I, so, I decided I want to pick up, I think it's a six issue miniseries. Yeah. I want to pick them up and well, I don't want to review it until it's all said and no, done. No, no, no. So, no but, but on, on this one, I'm going to pick up all six because I, I, I like the art. I'm, I'm curious as to how this is going to pan out. So I, instead of sitting here and reading it every week, like a lot of my other ones, I think I'm just going to hold off on it. And then when I get the sixth issue, I'm going to sit down and just power read them all. So oh, I get the entire story. That's a good plan. So then I got a True Believers, which is a re, you know Marvel's one dollar reprint line. It reprints the Avengers number forty three that introduces, of course, with the movie. Well, now delayed till next year, but still the Red Guardian and the Black Widows in it. Red Guardian. I actually have this original book, the the actual Avengers forty three in my collection in nice shape. So I figured for a buck, I'll get it, and then it can go on my spin rack. What do I care? I love big John Buscema's art. I just love that cover. Love the Red Guardian. So that's my second one. My next is uh, Batman 100, which concludes the Joker uh, – what the hell's the name of the story? The Joker craziness, whatever he's called. Um, I can't remember because I'll be honest. Uh, it's, it's Joker War or whatever it's called. The Joker War. The Joker War, Yeah. So it concludes the storyline. The reason you're going, Andy, how do you not know the name of the story? Well, I'll tell you. Because I haven't bought any of the other issues. It started in issue 95. So it's 95, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So it's a six-issue story arc. I bought 100 because it's a double-sized issue. It's a landmark number. And I, I'm just a nerd for that stuff, like issue 25s and 50s and 75s. 
I do plan. I'm going to read it. So yeah, I'm going to read the last issue of a story arc before I read the first five. But when the hardcover comes out in February, I'll be picking that up. But so I got that. And then last but not least, I got another reprint. I got DC's facsimile edition of the very first issue of Wonder Woman from 1987 by uh, master comic artist creator George Perez. Because you know what? I had it as a kid. At some point I sold it. And it's one of those books. It's not, I don't think it's uber expensive. No, it's not. I mean, like you 10, can find the original 10, one for 10 bucks. Yeah, 10 bucks. But I'm like, you know what? I'll get get the I recognize it as soon as he pulled I'm like, is that the is that the second series, the eighty seventy? He goes, yeah. yeah. So I figure, you know what, four bucks. I'll pick it up. So I picked that up as well for four bucks. So uh that was it. Light week for me, four bucks, but I got some fun reading to do. Huh. Well, mine mine was a little bit heavier this week. I wound up picking up uh Thor number eight. I've been liking where Thor's going. Donnie Cates, you know, been liking the the story that's been uh that's been coming down, so I've I've been a Thor fan for a while, so it's been really decent. I hear he's introducing like Venom stuff into Thor. Is that true? Well, there's I think there's going to be some overlap. I mean, it That's was all Donnie he writes Venom. Yeah, yep, yep. So that that looks cool. I mean, it's it's been good, and you know they do have um on, a, on quite a few of them this week and last week they've got the Chadwick Boseman. Oh, yeah. you know, rest in power, um, like tributes and stuff on them. So it's cool. Yeah, I picked up uh, Rise of Ultraman, uh, number two. Now, I haven't read the first one really yet all the way through, and I've decided, again, I'm just going to pick up the first couple and then read them. Yeah, because that's an ongoing, right? Right, and I'm hoping that it's going to be good, and I don't want to bail on it after the first issue. Sure. Same thing with Cyberpunk 2077. I had picked up uh, number one, and this is a four-issue miniseries from Dark Horse, and I... Again, I have decided I'm just going to buy all four, and then I'm going to sit Man, down and read Man, I just can't them. do that. I don't I know. know how you can do that. Because then I just go, well, I'll just wait for the trade. Is, yep. uh, what's that? Is that based on a video game or something? What is it? What's Well, Cyberpunk, yeah. So oh, Cyberpunk, yeah, okay. so Cyberpunk, Netrunner, it's all oh, futuristic okay. Johnny Mnemonic kind of things. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm curious. So And this one's the, the 2077 trauma team. So we're going to see how it is. I mean, it looks interesting, but... I've just decided I'm going to pick up all four. Same thing with the Orville. I'm a big Orville fan. Number two just came out of launch day. So that's the part two of two. So I am definitely going to read this now that I got, again, I waited on this one because I knew it was only two issues. Um, uh, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, Too Long a Sacrifice. I pick up anything Star Trek. Oh, I know. You know, so I've I've been pretty happy with, with, with that coming out. Um, and then Star Wars, I did pick up Star Wars number, uh, number seven. I've, I've liked Star Wars since they had Marvel got the license back and it's been just a solid title. Same thing with like, uh, you know, the Darth Vader. And then this week, as we talked about last time, they had three different, um, you know, the sort of X, the X of swords, um, part three, four and five all came out this week. Um, so it's, you know, X-Men, X-Force, Marauders. Um, so what I think we're going to do is I read number two, um, and I think I'll I'll wait till, well, maybe wait till next week. I'm going to read three, four, and five and see parts, because then we've got a really good picture of where they're heading with it. And then I think we'll kind of review it as a A beginning, a big chunk out of the 22 to see if they're going to capture all of our interests or if it's just going to be too much. 
That's cool. But yeah, so it was a, actually a pretty solid uh, week. So I got, you know, so, quite a bit of reading to do. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Fun stuff. Well, Dennis, you'll be glad to know I finally watched Superman Man of Tomorrow. Oh, you did. So we can I talk did. about I did. We it. can finally talk about DC. When did this one come out from DC? Oh, it came out That's in August. That's this year. Yeah, that, that just well, came I knew, out. No, I knew it was this year. I just didn't know when. So, okay. So it came out in August. So, you know, I guess this is their latest one then, right? Or was Deathstroke after this? They're close to one another. Right. I think I think this came out after. And again, we'll have to give a shout out. Thanks, Mike Paterzo. He got us a copy of this to to watch and uh, um, wanted us to review it. And I said, definitely, I'm always open for, you know, something that, that I don't own that I would love to, 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 to watch. So Superman Man of Tomorrow. Where to start? Where, you know, I'm going to start with the cast. Um, <clears throat> Darren Chris. Played Superman Clark Kent, who I know from Glee. Yes, I watched Glee. It was a fun show. My wife and I liked it. Oh, you are a Gleek. That makes we sense. We are a Gleek. <laughs> I'm a Gleek. Um, I liked it. I, you know, I recognized his voice right away. I thought that was really good casting. Uh, Zachary Quinto as Lex Luthor. I knew before watching it he was going to be Lex. Go, Mr. Spock. Yeah, but you know, I didn't know if it would work. I don't, I don't, it's because he, he does. Like, uh, I'm just looking at the rest of the cast. I thought he did I, fine. I thought, no, I that's, I was going to say, I thought he did really well, actually, as Lex. It's just not, uh, from a voice acting standpoint, I don't, I guess I don't really picture Zachary Quinto doing voice work as, like. You, you still know, picture him as Silas. Well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? You know how, like, in the 80s. You had actors that all they did was like voice work for animation. And then you had visual actors, I guess you would say. Yep. You know, but there's no crossover. Right. But now it seems once again, when something get when, when something gets really good, everybody want to wants to get in on just it. Just start looking at all the animated movies that Pixar, Disney, right. whoever That's releases what I'm them. It's, yeah, but those are, those are bigger actors. Those are theatrical movies. This is true. You don't think of like straight to DVD type movies having, you know, bigger name actors. But I think because of the, like I was saying, with the popularity of them, kind of like the MCU, Iron Man was Robert Downey Jr., John Favreau directing it and, you know, co-starring and had some good actors. And you know that if that movie wasn't such a huge blockbuster, like let's just say Iron Man, this is a tangent to make my point, but let's just say Iron Man with Robert Downey Jr. did mediocre. It did well enough for Marvel to go, all right, let's do a sequel. Okay. Do you think that if if with the sequel, they said, all right, we're, we're still going to keep pushing forward. Let's go with Captain America. Do you think if Iron Man was mediocre, they would have been able to get the talent they got for, say, Captain America and so on and so forth? You know what I mean? I think because Iron Man was so stellar and once that snowball started going, just getting bigger and bigger, actors are now like, yeah, I want to be in a superhero movie. Right. You know, so Zachary Quinto. Yeah, I thought his Lex Luthor. I thought he was great. Um, and, and voice acting's a little bit different when you get to meet some of the voice actors at like the conventions. I mean, it's interesting listening to their stories because you don't have to worry about hitting your marks out on a floor, you know, and it's a oh, different yeah. type of acting. 
But you actually have to psych yourself up and, and do so much in the studio and, and as you're trying to explode that voice and do it. But it's a different type of acting. So it's interesting because, you know, acting is not acting. So it's interesting to see them, you know, um, you know, breaking over between the two. Um, Ike Amadi was Martian Manhunter. That's a new one for me. But, you know, he had a very... He fit the Martian Manhunter. I think that's the thing is so many actors have done Superman. So many have done Lex Luthor that, you you know, you have the ones that stick out. Like, I I still remember, um, God, now I am blanking on his name, but the, the original voice actor for Superman from the animated Superman cartoon in the 90s. He was from Wings, Tim something. Tim Daly. Tim Daly. That's who I remember as Superman. Just oh, like Batman yeah. is... Um, Conroy. Conroy. You know, yep. That's who I remember. So you hear somebody else and you're just like, eh, I got to get used to it. But I think with this Superman, because he's younger right. and just starting out, the Glee guy, well, just Darren like was Joker. Fine. It will yeah. always be Mark, Mark Hamill. Hamill for me. Right. No matter what version they right. throw out, it will be Mark Hamill. Just perfect. I mean, he was just in encapsulated everything about it. Well, and the funny thing is, tangent again, you'd think with – the the movies they're doing like wh- like if they did a Joker with Ben Affleck, it, I don't think it would work with the new Batman they're doing with um, what's his face? God, I'm Pattinson. so bad name with Pattinson because that's a younger Batman. So you'd think if they did a Joker, he'd be younger. But with Ben Affleck, you think they could pull in literally Mark Hamill to play the Joker? You know, they might say, "Look, Mark, you got to lose a little weight," you know, because it's not yep. that he's huge. But he's a little thick for the Joker. Yep. So they could say, look, just shed 30 pounds. Yep. But other than that, we know he can do it. Yes. You've heard him do it. So it's just makeup and stuff. We'll even give you a lightsaber. There. That laughs. That's right. So anyhow, uh, so you got that. And then um, the next big one who I thought was perfect casting was Ryan Hurst as Lobo. Man, Ryan Hurst known from freaking way back in the day. Rudy. Yep. Remember Rudy? Oh, absolutely. Rudy, Rudy. Rudy. And then Sons of Anarchy, he was awesome on. Yep. And then he takes a totally different role in Walking Dead. Yep. And now Lobo? Let me, Lobo, dude. okay. So when I saw Lobo was in there, and there's going to be a couple of guys that give me crap out there because, you know, I'm like, Tiger Shark and Lobo. They keep trying to throw these characters at me to buy comics. I'm like, Wait, Tiger mm, Shark? No. Oh, yeah. You mean the Marvel Tiger Shark? Yes, yeah. They What's keep he been in recently. They're, they're trying nothing, to but they keep trying oh. to trying to get me to buy. These are going to be popular ones. Dude, day. I love Lobo. Tiger Shark. Look, I kind of figured that. Yeah, I mean, oh, of course it's on your wall. Why? Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> that makes perfect sense now. <laughs> yeah, I love Tiger Shark. So yeah, we're sitting here. So I'm I'm going to say, and I'm like, no, no, not a not a Lobo fan. Um, really? Yeah. Well. Not not particularly. I like some of the older stuff, but I never was like overly uh, gaga about it. And then lo and behold, I was saw uh, Lobo. Oh, he's in this. Well, I wonder. Oh, that's Ryan Hurst is playing him. Ah, huh. well, I can't wait to see. Dude, he was awesome. He was Just great. absolutely. I love the everything that they did about this version of Lobo. It was great all the way through. He dropped a couple s bombs. No F-bombs in this movie, so yep. it must have just been PG-13. But no, he was great. And the thing I like about Ryan Hurst is, obviously, in Sons of Anarchy, he's a tough guy because he's a biker. Yeah. And, you know, and Walking Dead, yeah, he's a tough guy, but it's a different type of tough guy. 
Lobo's a tough guy, but I've seen him in other roles where he's just just your average guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But playing that average guy, he his inflection is a, is totally different. Yeah. His mannerism. But playing Lobo, even though like out of all the voice actors, I could see him in my mind's eye as Lobo. Yep. With the movements and stuff. Well, and that's why Jackson, I know you're listening and you're going to give me crap, but I'm just going to say I love this Lobo. So if the Lobo translated from the comic books into what this one was, I would probably buy some Lobo. <laughs> oh. Well, once again, just go back and get how his original from the I 90s because that's how I, I, I don't know what Lobo's like these days. Well, but. and I used to have them, so yeah. Well, Neil Flynn, so there was one of the actors yeah. that as soon as I heard Jonathan Kent's voice, I'm like, oh, is is that is that Neil? Because, of course, being a Scrubs fan and um, uh, he was in, oh, the other comedy, not Malcolm in the Middle. Um, oh, wait. Uh, oh, 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 my the, God. The dad. With it Patricia. was the middle. It yeah. was just the middle. The middle. Yes. The middle. Not Malcolm in the Middle. It was oh, the middle. Oh, my God. So, yeah. And Scrubs, that was my first uh, introduction to Neil Flynn. Perfect. That janitor role he was, was just awesome. It was well. Scrubs was my first introduction to a bunch of the characters or a bunch of the actors, but I just bought it because I've never seen the dude anywhere. Yeah. So it was one of those roles where I'm just like, he's just this crusty dude. He must be this way. And then when Scrubs got canceled, I was upset. I tuned into the middle. I'd say more for him than uh, Patricia Heaton. Yeah. Right. Yep. And I love Patricia Heaton, but Neil Flynn was so good in Scrubs. I want to see him in this other role. And man, within a few episodes, no pun intended, the janitor role was scrubbed from my mind and he was now this dad. Yep. And there was no looking back to Scrubs. Yep. Him and Axe. I mean, that was another absolutely great, great show. But the funny thing is, so Jonathan Kent was Neil. And then Martha Kent, his wife, is Bellamy Young, who actually played Dr. Miller for like five seasons on Scrubs. So I'm like, oh, my God, husband and wife are from Scrubs. That yep. was actually pretty awesome. Yeah, no, that was fantastic. Now we'll talk about the, the movie itself. So the main bad guy, Parasite, which it was funny because the movie starts and you see this, this, you know, guy in a trench coat and a hat following Clark. And then right there, I was like, oh, duh, that's the Martian Manhunter, you know, yep. John Jones. But then when they actually introduce him talking to the dude that becomes the parasite. Yep. I don't know why it was, but because he had such green eyes, I actually was like, wait a second. Is that John Jones? Ah. So I thought they did a nice little swerve there. But then once he pointed out to Clark that he was being followed. I'm like, no, no, that other dude's John Jones. <laughs> well, I, I know for a fact, I guess we, we should back up for a second. So I'm going to, a lot of people said this is a new origin and, and the movie didn't get as much love as, as I think it should have. People were like, well, they retold his origin story, which is what true. It, it, it isn't a reorigin telling. However, in my mind, it's kind of like red sun. It's, it's an else world, or it would oh, yeah. to me, or it would be like a what if. Um, a lot of people aren't aren't saying that. They're saying it's just an origin story, and they weren't very fond of it. I didn't take it that way at all. I kind of yeah. took it as an else world because, you know, technology's there. 
But Superman wasn't Superman. He had just gotten out of school. He was just getting his first job with the paper. He didn't know really his entire origin or where some of the stuff came from. He didn't have a suit. Dude, he didn't know he could go into space. Right. The first time he goes into space, because he has to save spoilers in this, by the way, he goes into space to to uh, save that or get that rocket that malfunctioned out of there. Once he does, he looks down and he's like, he knew he could fly, but he had no idea he could leave the atmosphere. And he's in space and he's like, oh, crap, look at me. I'm in space. Ooh, that sun feels nice. Exactly. In the yellow sun, he started understanding that the yellow sun meant something. So I like the progression and the fact of what they did. And yes, we all know his story, but you knew they were going to take it a different direction because it really, to me, was an Elseworld. And a lot of people are saying, no, it's just an origin story and no, we didn't need it. I, and I disagree with that. I, yeah, I don't see it that way either because, one, to me, an origin story, they would have spent more time on showing the rocket go to Earth and Krypton and the rocket rocket crashes. Oh, let's do a montage of him as a baby, then a little boy, then a teenager, then this, then the. They, they went through that stuff so fast, it wasn't even funny. Right. And not only that, but I can't... Because what you're saying is they're basically saying, this is just another origin story. It falls into canon, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think it does, even from the part because of the costume design. Yep. You know, the costume design was different. So I don't... I think, in my mind, I think they actually set up, basically, like you said, a different world where if they ever use this design of Superman again. And let's say they introduce like a green lantern and stuff or anybody, wonder woman, Batman, whatever the reins are almost off and they can mess with those characters slightly as well, you know, to go, no, this is this world, but this Superman movie that we're working on currently where his costume looks more traditional is something totally different. Right. You know, that's how I look at it. Yeah. So yeah. And I, I like the animation style. I oh. thought it was it was good. I thought the animate one of the things I picked up on it animation wise is they so most animation has pretty much like a dead weight line around the artwork, around the figures and stuff. Because in animation you need to keep things simple for the movements and stuff that the animators are creating. So you don't want to do like in comic books, varied line weights and things like that, because it's hard to transition that stuff from all these individual drawings and animation. But in this, the outline of the figures had kind of a, a fluid line that had almost a brush-type inking feel to it, which I, I mean, I picked up one right away, and I was like, that is really freaking cool. It was. It was different. I mean, I, I, I got attracted to that style right away. I'm like, wow. That's a little bit, it's different. And it wasn't different in a bad way. No, I, no, I, I thought it was it. great. Yeah. I'll tell you what I hated. Hated Metropolis. Oh? The long shots of the city of Metropolis, they were, now, I'm not saying hated from the quality of art. The quality of art was fantastic. I didn't like the design because it looked to me, every time they showed a long shot of Metropolis and how futuristic the buildings were they looked like they were from the legion time period yes they I did mean, they told every see like i get metropolis is not like gotham city is basically grungy chicago new york with with more grunge and dirt and and art deco stuff 
you know, it and, looked and, it, it looked and, to me more like Coruscant from Star Wars. Yes, it and, looked and, very and, much and, like and that. Metro- this Metropolis looked like the Legion of Superheroes, which the Legion of Superheroes is like the year three thousand and change, right? Yes, and and there weren't any buildings that looked like modern day what we have now. I mean, none. Right. And that's what really kind of threw me off and took me out of the story because usually Metropolis, you know, the Daily Planet is a fancy high concept building and, you know, Luther's building is and every and and then like not, you know, you could almost say that like 50% of the city is really like, you know, uh, contemporary looking buildings that could fall into that. Ooh, they're almost futuristic. But then you'd see buildings that look like buildings that are in New York right now and that were in New York in like the 80s and the 70s. This metropolis was like, no, there are no buildings that were built in the 90s even. Nothing the, that resembled all, the house. Their skyscrapers there's, there's no, were all and futuristic. They were, and they were all spread out. Yeah. It wasn't a city like New York where when you do the aerial shot, you're just seeing like all these rooftops. You can't even see streets. They did aerial shots and you're like, oh, there's a big, tall skyscraper, lots of flat land with smaller buildings, another big sky. I don't know. The, the architecture theme they went for just gave me a legion of superheroes from the year 3000 feel, not a, you know, modern day, 2020, even 2040 yeah. pushed out. You know, yeah. Like I said, it, it's like definitely an elsewhere because it looks like. It takes place in the future. Even the tech that they have was really advanced. Yeah, that didn't bother me as much because Lex Luthor always has like really advanced tech and star labs and stuff. Yep. Um, I did like, so when Clark, so when the first time that he donned, you know, because he, when he, there was this meteor that was, you know, <laughs> coming and we won't spoil too much in there, Lobo. Um, I was just saying. But uh um, he winds up having to fly and he doesn't want people to recognize him. So he puts on like, if you think of the old Red Baron goggles and he's got yeah. like the old, that, you know, leather helmet yep. and he's got like this brown thing that he put around his, as a cape. He's got jeans on basically like gray jeans and a, and a, like a jacket. It's like a yeah. leather jacket and he goes flying out to do it. And you're like, okay, that's kind of cool. And it's this, this flying boy that's out flying and it's cool. Yeah. And then he gets into it and literally because they're just closed, they get the hell torn right off of him. And it, it's, it, it he, was realistic. It was cool. He, he fly, he comes back down the at, from earth and, you know, like anything entering the atmosphere, the, the heat, his clothes burn off. So he actually comes flying down and kicks Lobo's ass naked, which was, you know, they, they filmed it or they drew it right, you know, cropped everything properly. Yep. So, yeah, it was that, that was fun. Um, you know, I liked how he got his suit from his mom and stuff. The, the parasite. I don't know. I got I got this real vibe. So we all know the parasite, you know, he gets his power from drawing energy and he gets bigger. But man, the way they did it. All I could think of was Doomsday from Batman vs. Superman, the movie. Yes. Because in the movie, Doomsday, which Doomsday didn't do this in the comics, I don't believe, uh, get that much bigger. But, you know, in the Batman vs. Superman movie, every time they used energy on Doomsday, he absorbed it. And he just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. 
And that was the thing. The parasite did the exact same thing. And he even looked doomsday-esque. So he looked doomsday-esque when he's small. As he got bigger, he almost looked like if you cross doomsday with Godzilla. I mean, literally, he looked like a doomsday version of Godzilla. And the story around the parasite I would almost say alien, too. Yeah, a xenomorph. A xenomorph in the head. Yeah, it, like I said, it was it was interesting. Um, the parasite part of the story to me wasn't great. Now he meets the original the original before he turned into parasite, and it's all Lobo's fault. So that story leading up to it is good, but the entire parasite storyline was very very mediocre. Um, oh yeah, I, I I I actually got bored with it at times. That's what I yes, yeah. So we have not talked about this together since I watched it because I literally finished it last night. So I was about to say the same thing. Um, there were parts of the movie, and I mean these movies are only like an hour and change long. They're not that long. I got bored, and part of it was the parasite stuff, and um, and then you know the so, you know he's he I don't know I. I the Lobo end of it was good. So Lobo when Ryan Hurst, you know, and they introduced the kryptonite because that winds up playing an important part right away. Right. And so you get to understand how kryptonite affects this one, this version of Superman, and you get it. And Lobo knows he's a Kryptonian. And even Clark didn't know he was Kryptonian because his parents don't know he's Kryptonian yet in this version of the world. So that was interesting. And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm a Kryptonian. And so Lobo actually knows a lot more about him. So the Lobo side of the being the villain part, because he's actually the first villain. I love the Lobo storyline. I loved how they drew it, how he acted it. Oh, it I thought Ryan Hurst was perfect. It was great. Well, I love the Martian Manhunter, too. Yes. I thought the visuals, because they tweaked his costume. But I thought it was awesome. It retained the original quality of the costume. He looked like a man from the 50s. That's why, like, in his costume, he looked like a G-Man from the 50s, the way he was. Well, in his suit. In his his superhero costume. In his suit, yeah, he looked like a G-Man from the 50s. But in his superhero costume, they tweaked it from what you see in comics, which I thought was great. But, you know, the tweaks they made retained the original look. But just enhanced it, and it was great. And I thought the animation on him was great. The characterization and voice acting was fantastic. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, you get to this battle, Lex Luthor. He's got to go to Lex Luthor for help. Well, actually, we never talked about Lois. Lois was played by Alexandra Daddario. Who is she from? She seems familiar. Oh, yeah. I recognize her. She's from, oh, Baywatch, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Percy Jackson movies. Oh, yeah, I recognize her. I like Lois. I thought Lois's characterization and the writing they did for her in the movie was actually really good as well. Um, She just got it. She just started her job at the Daily Planet. Yep. She was not liked in Perry White. So Perry White, they made sure wasn't the happy-go-lucky Friendly Perry White. He was more like J. Jonah Jameis, but even on steroids and even more of a butthole. <laughs> well, and the funny thing about, uh, so Perry White was played by Peter Michael, Piotr Michael. I'm screwing his name up. Um, Pietor. Pietor Michael, 
who they're not showing his age on the website here, but <laughs> Perry White is supposed to be like in his 50s and stuff. And this dude looks like he's about 30. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. But he did a fantastic job through voice acting Perry White. Throwing Lois to the wolves because she was new. And so everybody at the, the planet hated her and stuff. I mean, there that was actually pretty pretty good too. So, okay, so long story short, Parasite is the bad guy. He's actually voiced by Rudy, by Rudy Jones. Rudy Jones is his character name, not when he's not the Parasite. By Brett Dalton, who we know from the bad guy, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was the sleeper in that. I like that dude as an actor. Um, So Parasite basically is just absorbing power, getting huge. You know, it's the Godzilla thing, wrecking stuff, bruh. Here's the problem. They had, there was some nice fighting. You know, Lobo fought him. Uh, Superman got some punches in. It looked like there was a time where the Parasite took out Martian Manhunter. And, and that, I got to say, that was a WTF moment for me. I'm like, no way. So that was that was, uh, that was was weird. Then there was a moment where Lobo did something to take out the Parasite that backfired. And you thought Lobo was done for. And I was like, whoa, I don't know Lobo's uh, backstory well enough, but. That can't be. So that was cool. But then I'm expecting, okay, Superman's just going to have a knockdown drag out with him. So while they're, while they are fighting, there's, there's a bridge going into Metropolis and they shut off, I guess, cars being able to enter the city. Yeah. They barricaded it. They barricaded it. So there's all these cars trapped in the bridge. And of course, Lois is there and you know, the parasites, in the river marching his way like Godzilla to the bridge and Superman has to stop him. But whoa, in the background, the nuclear plant that powers everything is about to go nuclear. Go, it's going critical. It's you going, can see it's it. Going Lex critical. knows they're screwed. Lex knows they're screwed. What do you do? Well, Superman realizes he's not getting anywhere with his fists. And he's already weakened. And yeah, and Superman's already in this weakened state because of the parasite. He's not getting anywhere with his fists. So what's he do? He does what every superhero does with a big Godzilla-like monster that doesn't even really talk anymore because the parasite used to be able to actually talk, but now he's absorbed so much. He's just crazy monster. He has a heart-to-heart talk. He yep. just flies up, hovers right in front of the parasite, and has a heart-to-heart. Now, I'm thinking if I was the parasite, I don't care that this dude's hovering in front of me. I'm going to swat at him. I'm so large. Maybe I'll just chomp him down and swallow him whole. Maybe I'll punch him. No, I'm going to sit there and listen to Superman have a heart to heart and say, look, man, you absorbed me. You have parts of everything you absorb. You've got my heart. You've got my feelings i felt like it was captain planet i'm right gonna, there at that I, moment i'm gonna talk you down but this is the talk you off this is the this is the negotiator talking the dude off the ledge from jumping and i'm sitting there going are you effing serious and i hand slapped my head and i was like you gotta be kidding me you got all these people on the brick what 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 if this was a giant just like if this was like giant man gone mad but could still talk and formulate words and stuff i could see trying to get through but the parasite is now just full-fledged angry godzilla monster yeah and i'm it just made no sense to me 
And then, so basically, the parasite gets it into his thick skull like, you are correct. That nuclear thing's going to blow. And I love people. And I now so love people. I think I'm going to go absorb oh, it all wait. and save everybody. And he sees he sees a mom yes. holding her daughter on the bridge. And that, and the parasite in his little, in his brain flashes back to his when daughter. he was human and his wife who's pregnant holding their young daughter and sees them and that mom and daughter on the bridge and just is like, I must be good. And turns around and marches back and just takes one for the team and absorbs all the power. This is the other thing. He absorbs all the power from the reactor. And for some reason, I thought in the visuals they were, I thought where it was going to go was, I just thought it was so much power because they already showed that when he absorbs power, he gets bigger and bigger. I just thought he'd get bigger and bigger and blow up and guts would go everywhere. Right, or he would turn into like fine particles of electricity and just go nuclear yeah. and go flying out into space or something like that. But something, something catastrophic. Yeah, and nope, no, nope. and we're not going to spoil what happens. Oh, I was about to. No, it's a good thing. no, don't spoil it. But it was not what we were expecting. Um, I have a hard time being critical of stuff like this because look, I'm a comic book guy. I mean, Dennis is too, but I mean, I, you know, my field of work is comic books as a comic book artist and stuff. But, you know, if I wrote this ending, I would have had him. Sure. I would have went with Superman trying to do the heart to heart. Then I would have had a beat, a pause, and the parasite would have just whacked him. And then Superman would have realized it's the sun. It's the sun. Because they showed earlier in the movie, he knows he gets his powers from the sun and he would have flown up into space and even in his weakened state, if he couldn't last in space that long, he would have been willing to go, I'm going to try it anyhow, flown up there. Maybe he passed out in space, but the sun's right there and he just absorbs it. And he gets his full power back, flies back down, beats the crap out of the parasite. Nice drag out, some more destruction, destroys some of the bridge. No death, just destroys some of the bridge. And then he takes the parasite and chucks him into the nuclear plant. And that's when he absorbs everything and the parasite just goes, See, Poof! Andy, we're in a kinder, gentler world now. You know, it can't, not everything has to be put together and, oh. and, and finished with your fist. You should be able to talk to them and give them a big hug and give them their star for a day. That's right. The parasite should have got a participation trophy for that. So... To me, there were highlights and some that weren't so highlighted on it. So let's give it the comic book score. So I thought I'm going first this time. Okay, you go first. 6.5. Oh. I'm going a 6.5. I I you know, hey, it's over it's over 500. Not by much. It's definitely not my top 10 DC animated. It's no Deathstroke, that's for sure. It's no Superman Red Sun. Um, the other adaptation, we haven't talked about it cause this is years ago when it came out, but it's no public enemies, which was an adaptation with Superman and Batman. It was just that the parasite stuff in the middle, like I said, I don't want to feel bored, especially during a cartoon. Uh, especially one that's not super long. It's not like it was two hours long and I'm sorry, I'm not down with the. 
let's have a heart to heart with this beast and the beast changes his mind. I mean, that's what happened with new mutants and the demon bear yep. in the movie. So yeah. Okay. 6.5. So I am surprised. I actually thought you and I were going to be on opposite ends of this. I also had put out at a 6.5. Um, maybe what did you for think a I was going to say, I, I actually thought you were going to go lower. Oh, um, damn. Um, so for me, the Lobo was just the highlight. Martian Manhunter was was great. I think the actors did um, quite well with their roles. Um, the animation I thought was solid. So I really thought this I was going to enjoy this a lot more than than what I did. Um, once they got into the parasite thing. It, it was a bit of a snoozer for me. And that, that really brought it down. And, and that was a big part where Lobo had to team up with it. Martian Manhunter. The fact that you find out about are there other Martians out in the universe and stuff. It was really well done in parts. But this whole thing. And it isn't that I have to have fighting for everything. You know, like, like Andy. You got to have the big visuals and the fighting. And I, I get that. But... You know, I I really was taken back by by how they ended it. It was definitely not one of my favorites. I didn't hate this movie, um, and there were parts that I absolutely loved. So again, I fall right into that six point five category. It's it's worth a watch. Um, I didn't think it was horrible, um, and there were aspects that I just truly enjoyed. But I, it isn't one that I would run out and and drop thirty bucks on uh, for it. But glad I saw it. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, We hope you enjoyed the show. Once again, you can always find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Launchpad, YouTube, and check us out on Facebook at Dennis and Andy Show, where we post the podcast when it's out and visuals for stuff we talked about. And your Amazon devices, you can just ask it to play the Dennis and Andy show and it will play the most current episode. That's right. You can you can set up some candles, set up a nice hot bubble bath, and listen to our relaxing voices <laughs> as you close out your day. Or as one of the the one of our, <laughs> our subscribers uh, came in and says, Yeah, I listen to you every week when when I mow the lawn. So apparently you can put on your headphones and listen to us and not pay attention to where you're driving. I honestly thought, <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to say that, that I listen to you every, uh, I listen to you once a week, taking a dump. Well, so, I hope, well, that would be a nice, almost an hour. Well, <laughs> if, if you can, and your legs don't fall asleep, more power to you. <laughs> Mine have. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. Until next week, grab your 3D glasses. Get your favorite comic books, roll them up, and put them in your back pocket the way you should treat comics. Throw your pigskin up on the mantle. This is Dennis. This is Andy. Later, Later friends. friends.